Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. <laughs> Gone with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Here's what happened. In 1993, another film was made called The Greatest Gift. It used the exact storyline from It's a Wonderful Life. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. There we go. Welcome to Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I got to pull the microphones down. I'm, I'm overrunning. Okay, do it again. There you go. Welcome to Christmas. The Rock School Show always does... Wait. Two, you want more? Do I stop? If you'd like, you could throw it against the wall if you wanted beautifully well done the rock school show always does a couple of christmas shows why because i worked radio for years and years and Uh i know that radio stations around christmas no disc jockey wants to work so what i do is i create two shows on this and send it out you know what npr is absolutely right they have a secondary service called prx Mm -hmm. and what it is you can put your hour long or half hour long shows up there and radio stations can come grab it and since we've been doing two christmas shows every year i'm almost positive i ran the numbers on it i'm almost positive we have now been in 35 or 36 of the 59 states. Aren't there 59 states? Did I count that right on the no. flag? <laughs> Almost positive there are 59 oh states. Oh my gosh. But we've been in 35 or 36 of them, including South Dakota. Wow. No North Dakota yet. So look, Fargo, I'm, yeah, I need you. Come on, Fargo. In terms of Christmas, I laugh a lot. When I hear a new Christmas album comes out by some country or rock or whomever star. Yeah. And he's singing the classics. And people go, oh, oh, that's wonderful. The classics. And the person, why why did you sing the classics? Well, the classics to me are what Christmas are all about. Oh, you're a liar. Oh, you're a liar. Why was he singing the classics? Because they're out of copyright and he doesn't have to pay to use them. No. I have here a list today of a ton of songs that you think, well, you know, you got to pay to sing. Absolutely not. So I got this list of songs around Christmas that are out of copyright. Furthermore, I have all these Christmas myths and all these Christmas things that you think, I can just use this for no reason. No, you can't. They're under copyright. Oh, that's that's a humbug. Like it's a it's a wonderful world. Yeah. Oh, Bedford Falls. I can use that, can't I? Sure. No. Do you know the song "Angels We Have Heard on High"? Yes. Oh. It was written in 1700, out of copyright. Use it. All Lang Syne, Robbie Burns, which, by the way, my father is positive, is one of our relatives. Yeah. Why not? Is he? 
No. It was written in 1711. Away in a manger, no crib for his... Right? Right. Martin Luther, mm-hmm. as in Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther nailing up the 99 things on the church wall. Yeah. A lot of people think he wrote it, but really it was a guy named William J. Kirkpatrick in 1895. Got to remember, 1927 is the big year. Right now, everything 1927 and back is in the public domain. Is there some good stuff that's going off copyright? Do you know Coventry Carol? No. No? Well, it says it's traditional and it's not in it anymore. However, deck the halls with boughs of holly. Fa la 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 la. The rest of the lyrics escape me. We're going to we're going to be hearing that a lot. It was done in 18 18- Hundred. Oh, use it. It was written by a Scottish musician by the name of Thomas Oliphant, and it said it first got published in 1862. So if you want to sing a song as a rock star, as a country musician, and not have to pay the money, meaning you will make all the money, you could do that. Mm -hmm. So deck the halls by the platters. You cheapskates here on Rock School. The halls with boughs of holly, the ancient Utah Carol. Fa la 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 la. Deck the halls with, deck the halls with, deck the halls with. All right, you said you've never heard of Coventry Carol. Never. Somebody out there, I'm sure, has. Gesù Bambino. Ever heard of that? No. That was from 1917. You could do that if you wanted. (laughs) Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Everywhere. 1827. You can sing it and not have to pay anything. Oh, nice. Good King Wenceslas. Say that again. Good King Wenceslas. Ooh. 1853. That's a good song. Says here, English hymn writer John Mason Neal wrote the Wenceslas lyrics in collaboration with music editor. I need a music editor. Uh-huh. That's what I need. Thomas Helmore and the carol first appeared in Carols for Christmas Tide in 1853. Wow. There you go. Such here a- we come a caroling among the leaves. I don't know the rest of the words. Love and joy come to you. It was fun to meet you. And there's from from there. And there's from 1850. We can sing it. We yeah. just sung it. Yeah, and we don't have to pay anything for it. Do you know what a wassail is? Wassailing? Most people think it's just going around and singing songs for people in the neighborhood and annoying them so they'll give you candy or no, something. No, I think it's a drink. Well, yes, it comes from the idea of a wassail bowl. Over in the UK, people would get drunk as skunks, go out and sing for you, and if you didn't have more booze for them or cakes or something, right. they would vandalize your house. That's- awful it's either awful or awesome and a wassail bowl and i only know this this is really sad uh-huh. i only know this because martha stewart explained it to me so wassail is a 
it's it's usually a fruit-based liquor. Like yeah. you'll take apples and allow it to ferment. Yes. And such. And you put everything in a single bowl like punch. Uh-huh. And that punch bowl is called a wassail bowl. It would work extremely well at uh, some kind of festival, right? It certainly would. Absolutely. But we got to play something. Um, the Huffer, her snow who well. The angels did sing. The first time it was it was printed, Noel was spelled N O W E L L. Hmm. As a matter of fact, Noel. The song that I'm going to play for you, yeah, has it written that way. And I remember when it came out, people were like, "Well, you misspelled it," and you just kind of want to go, "Thank you, TikToker. Thank you. I, I would have remember- never." I don't Figured remember it seeing that. Well, no it was well. quite early, back 1833. Mm-hmm. It is an English Christmas carol with Cornish origins, mm. which means it was written by a chicken. Oh. Yeah, that's a that's a little piece of information you might not have known. But 1833, that's before 1927, so perfectly in the public domain and you could do it and take all the profit for yourself (laughs) here on rock school For the third break, let's not just sit here and list songs. Let's talk about some other copyright interesting stuff as it deals with Christmas. Do you know the movie It's a Wonderful Life? I do. Oh, Bedford Falls! It's dark, isn't it? Oh, it's terribly I dark. I mean, people die, and the, the, the angel, you expect an angel to be really gorgeous with wings and host meal and it's a fat guy named Clarence. Somebody needed a job, huh? You would think... That the movie, as popular as it is, uh-huh. would have been a stunning success. Capra and his directing, it would have just been out of the box. It wasn't? Absolutely not. It was a complete failure. Really? It followed the same idea as the Shawshank Redemption uh-huh. and uh, I think it's called A Christmas Story where you'll shoot your eye out, you'll shoot your eye out. Yeah. They were complete failures, but when TNT, the Turner Network Television, bought movies to show on their their cable system, right? These movies were such a failure that Turner Network Television got them for nothing. So they didn't have to pay royalties on them, so they ran them constantly. Wow. Which is and you put it in front of an audience and just keep pounding it home, there's a good chance The audience will accept it and it will become a hit. Well, that's what happened here. The Copyright Act of 1909 was written to protect films published before 1964. Well, It's a Wonderful Life came out in 46. That's before 1964, huh? I know mathematics that way. You're smart. And at that time... 
if you were a film before 64, you received 28 years of protection. So 46 plus 28, 943 carry the one in 1974. The makers of the film failed to apply for a second term of copyright, so the saw, or pardon me, the movie, yeah, went into the public domain. Uh oh. Which means absolutely everybody lost their mind playing it right. because they could run a Christmas show. Okay, here's what happened. In 1993, another film was made called The Greatest Gift. It used the exact storyline from It's a Wonderful Life. Fine. Who cares? Mm -hmm. It's out of copyright. Yeah. Remake the movie. Right. Do it. Well, the people who actually made it brought it all the way to the Supreme Court and said only the copyright holder could make derivative works. Well, here's the problem. There was no copyright holder. Mm -mm. But the Supreme Court just said, well, you know, let's give it back to Republic Pictures. Republic Pictures was now owned by Paramount Pictures. Yeah. Which owned NBC Television. So this Christmas season, when you see... It's a Wonderful Life. Mm -hmm. Just know, because of a lawsuit, the copyright was reinvented, and because Paramount owns NBC, their their streaming service is Paramount, right? right? right. Or maybe it's the other way. Maybe NBC owns Paramount. One of the two. The thing is, you're only allowed to see It's a Wonderful Life on NBC television, period. That's wrong. Well, there you go. That's that's that is so wrong. Yet another fun thing. Do you know the movie? Go tell it on the movie. I can't get this How right. About the song. Do you know the song? Go tell it on the mountain. Yes, sir. Eighteen sixty-five. It's out of copyright. Go ahead, use it. John Wesley Work went ahead and wrote that. Also, do you know the song? God rest ye merry gentlemen. Yes. It's from eighteen twenty-seven. It's out of copyright. First of all, do you know what God rest ye merry gentlemen means? Uh take a rest for it, the uh Well, I, it's it's close to that. Okay. You would think it would be God rest ye comma merry gentlemen. Okay. But that's not the way it's written. It's God rest ye merry comma gentlemen. There used to be people that were, this was in the UK, mm -hmm. that were paid to walk the streets at night. They would light the lights, the yes. lamp lights. Was that the merry gentleman? And they would be basically in charge of being around so people couldn't do dumb things. Oh, they were like there the, to. Kind of like police, huh? Additional police. So when they say, God rest ye merry, what they're saying is, gentlemen, Keep yourselves strong, as in eat, drink, and be merry. Wow. Merry old England. Gentlemen, keep yourself strong so you can protect us during this season. That's what the song meant. I had no idea. And it's out of copyright, so here you go. We ain't got to pay for this on Rock School. The restroom door said, gentlemen, so I just walked inside. 
I took two steps and realized I've been taken for a ride. I heard, boy, no, I'll never sit with comfort and joy. All right, coming into the first break, uh, by the way, we didn't play God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. We played a disc jockey named Bob Rivers. If you want to hear a funny album, Bob Rivers' Twisted Christmas, I think it's called, has got that song in it, and he rewrote the lyrics as the restroom door said, gentlemen. Okay. But the thing is, God rest you, Mary Gentleman, was out of copyright, so he didn't have to pay. However, because we're playing a copyrighted song by him, and because copyright has two levels, he couldn't copyright the music, but he could copyright the lyrics, so we indeed have to report that song to Broadcast Music International and pay royalties on it. Oh, it's too much. Too much. That's why we have a person working as our secretary at the radio station. Speaking of Mariah Carey, I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is something I just want. It's money. She was sued for copyright when the song got big. Why? According to a fella, his name is Andy Stone. He initially filed a lawsuit against Mariah Carey and her co-writer, Walter Afsenefeff, in June, but pulled the claim. Stone said he recorded and released a song called All I Want for Christmas Is You under the moniker of Vince Vance and the Valiants in 1989. Well, there you go, Vince Vance and the Valiants. Yeah, I I like it. I was whistling them on the way in. Vince also argued the co-writers were aware of his song, And it had, quote, extensive airplay during the 1993 season. I don't know this for a fact, but the reason I think he dropped his lawsuit was because Mariah Carey's defense attorneys were going to look at this guy. Stone is his real name. He went by Vince Vance. But I think they were going to look at him and say, would you please define and then provide proof that you had, air quotes, extensive Christmas play. Uh-huh. That would have been the end of it. No, I think Mariah took her shoes off. Oh, you think that's oh, what absolutely. it was? absolutely. Okay. Have you seen the heels she wears? I understand. She's she was only... Gonna, she she's, was going to throw them at him. Oh, yeah. She's four foot four. Uh, but in her heels, she's six foot three. And by the way, I've said this a million times on this show, you can't copyright a title. There are right now 177 songs registered with the Copyright Office that are titled All I Want for Christmas is You. I just wrote one. Did you really? I did, today. 178. And here's one more. I'll give you this to you real quick. The Grinch Mm -hmm. is not copyrighted. He's trademarked. Which means if you want to use the phrase The Grinch, go ahead. It's mm-hmm. a title, what have you, but you can't present it in the same font or the same character. They're trademarked. I just did. So if you want to create a dog who has a mask on uh, that looks like, oh, I don't know, me, 
uh, and say The Grinch, uh-huh. but not use the type font that they used, you're able to do it. I just did. Did you? It's on my it's on my window for Christmas. Who is celebrating Christmas with us looking at this piece of paper, ladies and gentlemen? But I paid for it. You does, did? Does that matter? No. Oh, okay. W-Y-N-O. SUNY Oswego. Perfect. Hope things are going okay up in the great state of New York. Back in a minute here on Rock School. (laughs) Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry Christmas from your Kmart savings store. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, mm-hmm. can I or you or anyone simply draw Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Uh, I think you can draw it. You just can't use it for profit. Nope. Nope. A nope. 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 No, you can't. I can't? There what? is a trademark design for Rudolph. In case you're wondering, registration number 1974435. The wording basically disallows you to which people are going to say well it doesn't look like the cartoon it doesn't look like that you God, know, mine looks stop like a time stick animation figure with a red nose you still can't do it wait i just the, did well you're in the cops will be showing up oh. fairly soon take you down hard oh they're there at they the are. door they're at the door officer just a moment we're here Hang yeah. on. the wording for the trademark is so broad they could nail you if they want quote the mark comprises of a red tipped nose on any fanciful deer like animal when you drew him did you draw him fanciful no it was a stick figure ah well maybe you'll get with away the red with nose. it so i say they can come after you who are they character arts llc they hold and manage the license for Rudolph Company, LP, and DreamWorks Classics. I'm sorry, kids. You can't draw Rudolph. They're coming for you. All right, so what are we going to play? I heard the bells on Christmas Day, yes? Yes. 1872. A Christmas carol based on the 19, pardon me, 1863 poem, Christmas Bells, by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. You want to do it? It's yours. And we'll play it here. Because it don't cost us nothing here on Rock School. I heard the bells on Christmas Day Their old familiar carols play And wild and sweet The words repeat Of peace on earth Good will Alright, coming into the bottom of the hour My name is Joe Burns, you are Tammy Burns Do you still have your bells? They're still on the ground Go to the ground and get them I'll do that I can't can't bend over that far I was going to say You're very old uh, can you say Merry Christmas? Merry Christmas. Yes, you can. However, Merry Christmas has multiple trademarks. Uh, Merry Christmas for, quote, fruit wine, grape wine, natural sparkling wine, sparkling fruit wines, etc., etc., etc. Registration number 4,073,131. 
Merry Christmas Design for Christmas Tree Ornaments. Registration, 1,790,526. Merry Christmas for Cigar and Cigarette Boxes. Cigar and Cigarette Boxes of Precious Metal. Registration number 3,561,707. Merry Christmas and designed for bibs, not of cloth or paper. That's just four of the 11 jillion different trademarks using the words Merry Christmas. But just to say them, you're perfectly fine. This isn't fun. Unless somebody gets upset and says, no Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. So I looked it up. Yes. There are multiple trademarks of Happy Holidays. You physically can't win. Let's do seven days and 70 seconds. December 19th all the way through December 25. That sounds like a day you should know. Go, Tammy. December 19, 1980. 9 to 5 opens in theaters and Dolly Parton's song shoots to number one. December 20, 1975. Joe Walsh becomes a permanent member of the Eagles. December 21, 1970. That famous picture of Elvis and President Nixon is taken. Cool. December 22, 1958, the Chipmunk song It's number one on the charts. December 23, 1978, Rod yeah. Stewart releases Do You Think I'm Sexy? It, it is a Christmas song to me. December 24, 1818, at Midnight Mass in Austria, Silent Night is played for the first time on guitar because the organ in the church was broken. And finally, December 25, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone, to all the Rock School listeners from Tammy and me and our children, Maxwell and Isla. We wish you the best today and in the coming new year. So there you have it. All right, what about these songs? Go Tell It on the Mountain, 1865. Go ahead, use it. I saw three ships come sailing in. It's from 1833. Use it if you want. Do you know a song called In the Bleak Midwinter? No. No. It sounds depressing. Yes, it also says here it's traditional. Oh. And depressing. Ooh. It came upon a midnight clear. I you know, know that it? song. Yeah. 1850, Christmas Carol written by Edmund Sears, pastor of the Unitarian Church in Wayland, Massachusetts. Yay for that guy. And uh, what are we going to play here? We've got to play something. How about Jingle Bells? Mm -hmm. 1857, James Lord Pierpoint, published under the title One Horse Open Sleigh Ooh. in the autumn of 1857. And by the way, this is a neat little piece of trivia. This is this is sort of equal to somebody being pedantic in a, in a, in a Christmas party. Yeah. It wasn't written for Christmas. Thanksgiving. It was written for Thanksgiving. Right. One it was, horse open sleigh. Right. It was a celebration of snow and food and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to be pedantic, you can go ahead and say this at your next Christmas party. They'll absolutely invite you back the next year. <laughs> yeah. Here you go on Rock School. Merry Christmas, ladies. Merry Christmas, Mr. Buble. Are you ready to sing a little jingle bell? Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what jingle bells, jingle bells. Oh, I find a still I want horse open. Into the second break, here's a question. Is the song Feliz Navidad? Under copyright, I guess to be more specific, is the phrase Feliz Navidad 
under copyright. I don't think so. I think it's been around forever. I was going to say, it can't be. It's It means Merry Christmas in Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's too short a phrase. It can't be done. However, it is trademarked. The specific artwork and such and the sound of it is used to promote the song. So you can go ahead and sing it. And like most people like me, we will pretend we know what Spanish means. What do you do when they when the uh, words happen? Feliz Navidad y buenos caramunajeros me subway sandwich. Oh. Feliz Navidad bathtub and pencils. Yeah, we and we go, I know what that means. It's something about Santa. No, it actually doesn't mean that. Uh, and by the way, do you remember when our kids were much younger? I used to take the guitar and they would have a day where they'd take an hour and they would sing Christmas songs and I would play the guitar for the entire school. Yes. That was a a, a ton of fun. The problem is the teachers got angry as anything. Yeah. Because the students would sing instead of Feliz Navidad. What would they sing? Do you remember? He eats not a lot. He eats not a lot. Do, 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 do. He He eats eats not not a lot. lot. Yeah, that was really bad. Does parody work with Christmas songs? You bet it does. If you write new lyrics to a song, you're good under the parody law. Everything is fine. I've also heard people make the statement that if I use a Christmas song, I can claim, because it's so popular, I can claim that it is fair use. Absolutely untrue. Really? If the song is post, is it previous to 1927, you don't even need fair use. Just use it. Uh Go ahead. However, if you take the song and play it and it's past 1927 and you say fair use, here's the problem. You better not being able to or it could be interpreted that you are profiting in any way. I just posted it to YouTube. Are they going to monetize your video? Yeah, we got you, dude. Yeah. Or if you're promoting, uh, I don't care if anybody listens. Aren't you trying to build a following? Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Fair use is this big, thick, giant novel of a, of a, of a system. The problem is it's very, very difficult outside of the academic world. Mm-hmm. You're writing an academic paper to claim fair use. Donald Trump used to use songs at his rallies right. and tried to claim fair use. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't. Who said you could do that? So there you go. Again, did I say parody? Yeah, I did. Parody yeah. actually says, I got more stuff about uh, Christmas and copyright and stuff like that, but uh, I think we're in the break, aren't we? Yes, Yeah, we are. who's listening to us? Rocks Network. Rock, rocksnetwork.co.uk Gosh, we're professional. Back in a minute here on Rocks. out of the break is frosty the snowman copyrighted Mm, no he's not no frosty the snowman is a trademark of warner brothers entertainment registration number 252-2936 
Can you use Frosty the Snowman? Yes, but he better not look like Frosty the Snowman in the Warner Brothers cartoon, right. which you're going to watch this year. However, Sam the Snowman. Remember Sam the Snowman? I do. Yeah, from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yes. Can you, or is, Sam the Snowman copyrighted? Uh, no, it's it's over, I think. No, no, no. It was more than past 1927. However, he does not have a copyright as his look is based on Burl Ives. Yeah. And you cannot copyright a human. So you can use Sam the Snowman, who looks exactly like it does, right, and not have any concern with copyright. So you say, well, let's keep going with characters. Remember Yukon Cornelius? I do. Do you know why in that silly Rankin Bass production that Yukon Cornelius threw his pick hammer into the air, let it hit, picked it up, and licked it? Do you remember that? Nothing. Why did he do it? I don't know. The reason he was out in the snow with his mush dogs, which were in no way mush dogs, Mm -hmm. he was looking for the lost peppermint mine. Oh, so he was licking it to see if he was in the peppermint mine? That's correct. So what you had was some editing concerns that it got cut out that he was looking for the peppermint mine. Oh, I never knew. So is Yukon Cornelius under copyright? No. Yes! He's not based on any one specific person, although he looks like, what was the Bugs Bunny character that was a cowboy and he would get upset and (laughs) shoot his guns and come (laughs) off the ground? The thing is, when the Rankin-Bass people did it, Uh the original what do you call it? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. They didn't copyright him. Huh. However, he appeared in a later program called Santa's Ninth Reindeer. That's where they copyrighted him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go figure. How about, how about Herbie as in, I want to be a dentist. Well, I'm going to say yes now. He is. Not based on anybody, and they were able to do it. Snow Miser. I'm Mr. Snow Miser. I'm Mr. Cold. I'm going to say yes to all of those. Yep. Rankin Bass has gone back, taken all those characters, even though they didn't do it out of the gate. They went back, got all those characters, and they copyrighted them. They're going to make some money now. But the thing is, you can use Burl Ives. If Herbie had been based on some specific human being, you couldn't have. But because Sam the Snowman, and by the way, what instrument do you give a snowman? A banjo. Of course. Of course. Why would I even have to explain that to you? All right, we got to play a song. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. It's written by Ernest Alschutz, who is from 1800. Jolly old St. Nicholas. Something, something, something. Something, something, something. It was written by Emily Huntington Miller in 1870. So, yeah, you can do it. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful, and out of copyright, 1751. Uh, Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Can you do it? How still we see the light. 1868. You can go ahead and use it. How about joy to the world? Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Is come. Yep, it's it's the use of a reflexive verb. It used to be before people used 
um, possessives. My God, that's fancy. I didn't know what you call that. That's Is what it come. is. 1836, written by an English minister and hymn writer named Isaac Watts, and it is out of copyright. I can play it right now. Play it. And not have to pay money. Play except it. Except I'm going to play a copy by an artist of today, and I'll have to pay on him. God, this law is difficult. Here on Rock School. Joy to the world. into the last break you really do do it up right at christmas you have a tremendous amount of nutcrackers and little other baubles you have been putting stickers on the windows our front window has got the grinch in it and all of that it really you only go farther out for halloween but you really do hit christmas and I think even when the kids are gone, you'll continue doing it. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. So you really hit it. But what you don't have uh-huh. is a lot of Coca-Cola Christmas stuff. Zero. Which is what I found when I was doing the research, that this is an entire, what do you call it, category of hobby. Wow. Christmas copyright with Coca-Cola. By the way, Santa Claus is not copyrighted by coca-cola and the elf on a shelf is not in the public domain and by the way you're free to sing any christmas song at a private party if you were doing it for profit or promotion no but you're allowed to do it but see santa claus it was thought that elf on a shelf came from a coca-cola pitch no because there were elves for a while really okay Why? Santa Claus is a century-old character first illustrated in the 1800s. Our Santa Claus, the one we know, is copyright-free, which is why Pepsi can use Santa Claus without any fear of prosecution. Did Santa Claus become Pepsi's thing? Yeah, but Pepsi couldn't own him. Not even the drawing of him. He was in a red outfit. Just the fact that you made him fat isn't enough to do it. When you get into copyright law, if you're going to change something, it has to be, quote, substantial and something else. Uh, um, But they do copyright in terms of Coca-Cola. They do own the white polar bears. Yes, I knew that. So you can use a polar bear. Just don't use the exact bears. Okay, why did they drop the bears? They're not used anymore. Huh, I don't know. There's a belief on the internet that the reason Coke dropped the bears was because somebody started a woke attack on them Mm. that the bears were racist. This is absolutely not true. They dropped the bears because if you remember when they used the bears, the Coca-Cola cans changed to white. Yeah. And people didn't buy them because they were positive they were Diet Coke. Oh, oh no. They also had lawsuits brought against them 
by people with diabetes who thought they were buying Diet Coke. Boo, hiss. And so they said, hey, no, you can't do that. Coke has also given $2 million to the World Wildlife Fund to support its work on polar bear protection. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's a little bit of Coca-Cola. I got a few more songs here. Let me do some of these that are not. In fact, all of these are not under copyright. Uh, did I talk about O Little Town of Bethlehem? Yes. Yeah, that's not. Have you ever heard of a song called Once in Royal David City? I don't think so. Hit well, me, hit me. It, well, that's it. If you've heard it, it's traditional. It's not under copyright. Silent Night, 1818. Mm-hmm. Fine, use it. Toyland, you ever heard of Toyland? Mm, I don't. It, n- no? No. Mm. 12 Days of Christmas? Yes. 1500. Why is it 12 Days of Christmas? Hmm. Uh, help me, help me. Christmas Day, according to the Western ecclesiastical traditions, is considered day one of Christmas. The 12 days then go 25th through the 5th. If you remember, I think it's the 5th or the 6th, Mardi Gras gets underway. That's right. That's right. And the, what is it, the 15... 12th, 12th night. It's 12th night, but it's the 15 funny fellows... I believe that's right. I'm probably wrong. They get on the Canal Streetcar. Yeah. And they ride it and basically usher in... Why can't I come up with it? Usher in Mardi Gras. Up on the housetop. Bing and bong. Out jumps good old Santa Claus. It's kind of scary. 1870, Benjamin Hamby wrote it. The Wassail Song. Mm-hmm. 1600. We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Huh? Yeah. Arthur Warrell wrote it about 1924. Ooh. It's free, ready to go. What child is this? It's based on green sleeves, which is mid 1800s. While shepherds watched, remember that one? I do. A traditional carol, words to an Irish hymn by poet laureate Nahum Tate. And the one we're going to play, We Three Kings. Of Orient are, which it couldn't be, and nowhere does it say in the Bible that they're kings. The quest of the Magi, and by the way, that's the correct pronunciation, Magi. If you say Magi, you're wrong, but don't say Magi. Don't do that. Don't be that person. It was written in 1857, John Henry Hopkins, and and that's that. There you go. There's Christmas and copyright. There should be a lot of uh, uh, new albums coming out this year with Christmas music if no one's having to pay for it. Should. I thought you were going to say, there ought to be a law. Are you kidding? No. There's a lot of laws. No. There's so many laws, I don't want them. Hey, too many, too many week, laws. Next week, we're coming back with our last show of the year. It's where we do a tip of the hat, a raise of the glass as a nicety to those who left us this year, those who died. So that's it. I'm Joe Burns. I am Tammy Burns. Merry Christmas. Glasses dismissed. We three kings of Orient are Bearing gifts we traverse afar Field and fountain moor and mountain Following yonder star Born a king on Bethlehem's plain Gold I bring 
to crown him again, King for.